been reflecting on just how many good people we have here. I mean, just look around and all the relationships and how it continues to grow. We celebrated 75 years on Friday night at our gala, and it was just a moment in time to say, wow, look at what we are celebrating, the joy of God's love in our community. And it was heavenly, that connection gathered in celebration and in joy. And as we pray, too, for Joe today, we know that he, he's the blessed one in, in that fullness, and that's what we pray for, that that continue to rain down on us. So thank you. Thank you for just being good people. I'm so blessed to, to be a part of this. So I do have a visual aid for you today, and the visual aid is this quilt, this blanket. So I've had this 25-plus years. It's beautiful, and it was made for me by Millie. And Millie is uh, my friend from San Antonio, Texas. She's a Protestant evangelical. I was living there after I graduated from college and I met her. And then from our ordination, she sewed that for me. <laughs> Millie died about 20 years ago, and she's with our Lord. But she knitted it together for me out of love. Knitted it together out of love. And as we celebrate that this day, a different kind of knitting together, because that, that's why we come to church, so that God may knit us together and bring us to peace as we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent. A uh, question for you is what rules you? What orders your life? Is it politics? Is it maybe somebody in the, the, the church? Or maybe it's a person that you think a lot of or maybe think little of. What rules and what orders you in your life? And in life, as we know, through many, many ways, we can become undone. We can become torn apart. We can become mad. I'm mad at this. I'm mad at what's happened politically or in the church or with this person who has caused me pain. Or we can have peace. We can have unending security. We could be knitted together like this quilt. And so we come here today to look at that and to think about that in our lives. I just had a dear friend shared an experience with me that I'm not going to incident, but happened with somebody they didn't even know, and they were trying to, there was a little problem, but this other person was just spewing hatred and anger, and it was just attack, it was vitriol, all this stuff, nonstop and would not quit. And that just reminded me that a powerful work is needed, a powerful work in me, in you, in us. We need power, and we need that working in our lives. So we read, going to focus on Isaiah. Isaiah kind of dominates the Advent readings and is the one prophet that really foreshadows and foretells the, the coming of this Messiah. But with Isaiah, we read, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. So what is this shoot? A shoot is like a, a scepter or a rod. And it denotes sovereignty and full authority. 
And that's going to come out of a stump, which is cut off. It's lifeless. It's dead. So that's an image for us of hope coming out of that. And then Jesse. Why Jesse? Because David will come from Jesse, spring forth from Jesse. And that is so important in Jewish and in our parlance. A final and complete Messiah will come. Total. And when Israel says David, it means a king who would rightly rule the the people of Israel. One way to understand sin is bad kingship. And that just doesn't apply to the authority in the church or the leadership of the church. That applies to all of us when we have bad kingship. An example is Adam. So he is a compromised and wicked king because he's invited evil to come into the garden. He's breaking apart from God, falling apart from his intentions. You could say he's undone, torn apart, mad. What was the purpose for Adam? He was meant to defend the garden, to protect it, and then to extend the garden out into all the world, expand its boundaries outward. He was like going to be a great king on the march. Wouldn't that be great if we walked out of here today and said, I'm supposed to be a great king great queen on the march to extend the boundaries of who God is, to bring God's being into the whole of creation. And we could say that what is salvation history all about, but in Israel's history, it's to find a great king, to find a great king that will lead. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Saul, and David, they're all kings, but they're all compromised. They all, in the end, failed us. But the definitive David, the one who's final and complete, the good king establishing right praise, putting God at the center of everything, he would knit humanity back together again. Not just humanity, but all the cosmos to bring it back together. We have that that Jewish understanding of uh, shalom, and that's what that is, that peace bringing everything back together. But in Isaiah 11, chapter 3, which we read in our first reading today, we read about this Messiah that will spring forth from the stump. His delight shall be fear of the Lord. doesn't mean that we're afraid of the Lord, but that we make the Lord the center of all of our work, all of our operations. And thus, the nations are brought back together. Now, something about the kings of Israel that they were understood by our brothers and sisters back then is they were depicted as fighting and killing lions, and that would show their worth, and it would show divine favor. So if they were successful in that, then they were a king of and from God for the people. They had a belt and band around their waist, so they'd be ready for strong action, being ready to go. This is not what we see in our reading today, is it? In our reading from Isaiah. They're not shown as leading men, or uh, they're not shown as, as that, but... Uh, they're shown as leading the people and living with them. In Isaiah 11, the king does not hurt lions, but mysteriously remakes them. And what's the principal fruits of the king's labor? Bringing everyone together, knitting creation together, all of creation. The wolf will be the guest of the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion will browse together. If we go back to Genesis, in Genesis, all of creation was designed to come together under the leadership of humanity to give right praise to God. 
we see it, it's creation's a liturgy. It's kind of like this procession, all creatures coming forth from God in orderly, even liturgical procession. One stately emergence after the other. At the end comes humanity, whose purpose it is, is to lead all creation in a chorus of praise of God for what he would do for us. What happens, here's the big thing. And here's the thing I think maybe we've thrown out the window a lot. What's the problem? What comes into that? Sin. Sin destroys, it causes all uh, trouble in us, among us as human beings, and a cosmic level of breakdown of what should bring and connect all things together. Sin. And when we talk about sin, it's not like the sin of the political leaders or the church leaders or somebody else. It's mine. I have to deal with my sin. It's serious. It's important because it causes the undoneness. It causes the peace to leave. It causes us just to be mad and torn apart. And that's not the peace that Jesus is calling us. Isaiah gives a beautiful picture of the work of the definitive Messiah, the definitive David. He's bringing antagonistic forces together, the wolf and the lamb, the leopard and the kid, the calf and the young lion together in harmony. This is unheard of. This is unheard of in the natural world. But it can be seen in the world of Christians if we take to heart what we're called to by Isaiah and follow our kingly leader. And a great image for the knitting together of humanity is before the fall, when all the animals come before Adam and he gives under his direction and lordship, in a sense, they're named. So he gives order to them. This vision of a reordered creation is remarkable. Predators dwell in harmony with prey. And what's most telling about this vision? What is it? It's at the end of it, right? The little child with the hand over the lair of the snake. And what does that bring us back to? That brings us back to the, the garden in Adam and Eve. And what led people into sin? It was the snake. It was the serpent. And who wants us to be undone and not have peace and just vitriol with hatred and anger? And that can be at all levels. We, I think we all have it at some level. Who wants that? That's the evil one. But when the Messiah comes, he will deal with the fundamental problem, sin. My separation from God and his ways, doing it how I want and when I want. Yes, there's the work of justice and righteousness, but that's not the heart of it. The heart of it comes down to sin. This is a beautiful thing. And this is the hope and the promise for all of us. When sin is dealt with, creation finds harmony in order. When our sin is dealt with, we will find harmony and order. And we will have that, and no one can take that away. And it won't depend upon a political leader or a church leader or this other person who somehow hurt us or taken something away from us. Love the line, and then the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And the worlds will see that, and it will be drawn to that. What does that knowledge mean in Hebrew? It doesn't mean thinking about the Lord. It doesn't mean 
theologizing or philosophizing about the Lord. It implies intimacy, a warmth, a closeness. Like Adam knew his wife Eve and they conceived. That kind of intimacy is what the, the Hebrew is getting at in that, the knowledge of the Lord. Okay, so where do we go from here? Here's your invitation. What is one person or one situation in your life that needs to be knitted together? Obviously, we start with the Lord, but what is that person or situation? Sin is the stump of the undone, the torn apart, and the mad. You know what's really neat? Next Saturday is December 10th. And on December 10th, next Saturday, we're going to have our Advent Reconciliation Service here. So on the 10th at 10 a.m., at 10.10, we are going to be able to come and receive the mercy of the Lord to humble ourselves and to deal what is the most important thing that we need to deal with in our lives, and that's sin, our sin. Not as a way that we'd be condemned, but as a way that we could be freed and we could be knitted together to live in the harmony of the fullness of life that always has been and that is calling us in. That we would take that seriously and say, no, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me in my life is to be separated from the love of God and to be separated from each other and to be separated from creation. Because that is just despair. And hopelessness, but we have the scepter rising. We have the scepter rising out of the stump of Jesse, the definitive disciple, that will, definitive king that will come for us, the definitive David. 10.10, John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, says Jesus. 10.10, next Saturday, we can't forget. Out of all the stuff that you, financial, everything that's the thing that you and I need to deal with is sin and not somebody else's. I need to deal with my sin because I want to be one with him. And I want you and me and everybody to be good kings so that we're leading people together into him to let the scepter of David rise up in you. When our sin is dealt with, then creation will find harmony and order. When our sin is dealt with, your soul will find harmony and order. Let us be knitted together. Let there be peace on earth. Most especially, let there be peace in my heart.